You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. From the director of Angry Birds Summer Madness comes Charlotte, the uh, touching, tragic story of a uh, Jewish painter who did not make it through World War II. Uh, wow, that's so weird. Fuck! <laughs> uh, a laugh riot, I'm telling you. Handbrake turn. Also uh, worked on the art department uh, for the Inspector Gadget 2018 version and is also co-directed by uh, one of the animators on uh, the Triplets of Belleville. I'm just saying these guys have range, okay? True that. They've got a varied career. To say the least. But for their uh, big major uh, directorial project is uh, is this brand new film, Charlotte. Charlotte Salomon was a... Uh, a Jewish artist. She was a young woman who fled Berlin with her family to France. Uh, unfortunately, she did not survive. She was sent to Auschwitz. But the inspiring part of this is that prior to her passing, she put together an enormous art project yeah. of something over almost a thousand images, paintings, and transparencies that could be read in a sequence. Some people have argued the precursor to uh, the modern graphic novel. I don't think it's quite that clear-cut, but nevertheless, it's an ambitious project in autobiography in paintings, and it's quite a significant body of work for such a young woman who died so tragically young. And movies like this is where comedy dies tragically as well, and I've run out of any attempts to make jokes about this. Uh, to help me get through this somber, but I promise, fun time together, uh, I am joined by Rose. Hello. Melina. Guten Abend, meine Freunde. <laughs> and TC. Uh, hello, I have no joke. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's, Chris is like, start with a joke. People want you to start with a joke. I'm like, it's e- about the Holocaust, Chris. <laughs> I can't start with a joke. N- not this time, bud. I do not see how we could start with a joke on this. I do not see. I yeah. tried. I mean, honestly, Chris, if you're listening it's we would never ever make a holocaust joke on mic. <laughs> That's correct. We would and if we did, I would edit it out because you know <laughs> there's just some things that aren't worth putting out in the world. But we are talking about an artist who did put out a great work of art into the world. It's this mm-hmm. beautiful project that is really quite stunning when you look at the enormity of it. Uh, when we meet Charlotte, she's 16 years old. She's voiced by Kira Knightley. And when she speaks French, uh, she's voiced by uh, Marion Cotillard. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a really strong cast, primarily of British actors. Uh, you've got Jim Broadbent in here as her grandfather. You have her- Henry Cherney. Eddie Marson plays her father. Mark Strong plays her lover. 
you know, it's really strong along the board as far as voice cast goes. I have to tell you, this is a beautiful looking film. It's very mm -hmm. stylized, yet also shot through with a warmth that's very impressive. It's it's her life. I mean, it is the last five to eight years of her life. That is what this movie is about. And going animated was a really interesting choice. At first, as it was unfolding, I thought, is there a reason why this is animated, not live action? Especially with this cast, this would have been a great live action biopic. But coming to understand that her art was so much of who she was that animating this was the right way to go. That yeah. taking her art yeah. and we see it in the film over and over and over again. Some of the best transitions are when you see the watercolors bleed into so cool. the image. There's some gorgeous animation in this. And it's not the traditional animation of Americanized stuff. And it's much more in the vein of the Hayao Miyazaki Studio Ghibli feel to it, where it's yeah. sweet and soft. And it feels like a watercolor painting more than not. I don't know. It feels like a watercolor <laughs> painting. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And when I read the press notes for this, that was very much their intention to, they didn't want to play, they didn't want to play it like the Vincent Van Gogh film or the, or Persepolis, if anyone has seen either of those, where they wanted to imitate the style through the way that they tell the story. They wanted to be more literal about it. And I can understand why, because her artwork was extremely expressionistic and very mm -hmm. surreal. Um, and I feel like it was a great idea to make this animated in a way to where it feels like a very natural mirror to the essence of the kind of art she created while not distracting from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very well said. You know, every time you see one of the, the pieces of art, it feels very much like it's just kind of naturally copied and pasted uh, onto the screen. And it's stunning. Like, every single one of them. Yeah. If, if this had been uh, live action, it, it probably would have just gotten lost among the many, 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 uh, you know, tragic World War II era biopics that have been made. But the, yeah, the animation really helps it to stand out and just be something truly unique and beautiful. One of the really nice touches is it is stylized. The drawings are very kind of simple. It's it's I'm sure it's all done with computer graphics, but they give it a nice old school 2D look mm -hmm. yes. that is very stylized, but anytime you see a work of art, whether it's Charlotte's or one of the other students next to her or a the Sistine Chapel or even a real German propaganda poster, all of the art is uh, depicted photorealistically. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what it looks like in real life. I did appreciate that, that the, yeah. that the real life quote, why am I making air quotes? You can't see that. <laughs> I heard him. I heard him. Yeah. You know, I, oh, I'm going to put some quotes. reverb on those air quotes on the uh, final mix. <laughs> but whenever we see a piece of art, we see the real work of art and it just sits kind of almost uncomfortably at times within this, uh, within the stylized world. But it, it, you, you adapt to it pretty quickly. I, I must confess, I had some issues with this film, but visually it was, it was just a, a knock out of the park. I kind of made some jokes about what these guys have done before. <laughs> but if you look at their career, and I should say their names, uh, one, there's a, two directors, uh, Tahir Rana and Eric Warren. 
and and they've worked on a lot of big projects, small projects. Uh, this is really probably the most high profile thing they've done, or it's at least certainly the most mature mm-hmm. of the works that I've seen so far in their uh, filmography. And it's really interesting that it comes out now right after Amy Schumer put her foot in her mouth during the last Oscars <laughs> saying like, you know, animated films are just like time killers and babysitters and things that adults have to endure. Oh. Whereas anybody who knows anything about animation knows that, no, you can tell all kinds of stories uh, for all sorts of audiences in this medium. It's a medium, not a genre. (laughs) Yeah. And thanks for clarifying how she put her foot in her mouth, because that's pretty much all day, every other day. Yeah, she's just... This does evoke Persepolis. This also evoked Mouse when taking Mm -hmm. the illustrated works of that graphic novel. And yeah, there's something special about animating a story like this and yeah certainly the majority of animated films at least from america are going to be family films and goofy comedies and slapstick and whatnot and there's definitely a place for those i love those films but i love it when an animated film is willing to be this deep and dramatic and exploring humanity and not making it a gag not making it look funny well just being mature and Not in a way that feels like, oh my god, you know, children really should not be exposed to this. It definitely has adult elements to it. But if this were just, if this were a live action film and those same elements were there, I feel like, yeah, this is something that you could show an entire family. This is something that would be a good introduction uh, in showing children, you know, the life and times of a Holocaust victim, uh, as everyone should. Uh, but I think that, yeah, it is still shocking in some aspects to see that in an animated form, especially when that animation style is kind of whimsical and brightly colored as this is. But I think that what ultimately separates this from being a family film is not really the more, I guess, uh, mature, like adult aspects of it. Like, you know, there's, there's sexuality, there's some elements of nudity, but where it goes in terms of exploring her relationship with her her grandparents and her family's history with mental illness, which was very much a part of the real uh, the real artist's life, mm-hmm. I was very very surprised with how honestly and unflinching yeah. they were with that, and it, not it in a goes, bad way. It, it goes to levels with that, uh, especially like levels of frankness about it that you don't often see. I mean, so many other things approach this topic and they'll get right up to it and then kind of tiptoe or whatever but this one just outright says things and it's like this is how it is and it's like uh, all right yeah they do touch upon the family history of mental illness the abuse that came from her grandfather who uh, played by jim broadbent as just this domineering (laughs) son of a bitch uh just everything has to be done his way Uh, He thinks everybody in his family, all the women in his family, exist just to take care of him. Mm -hmm. I mean, Rose said that this was very frank. I actually think, and it's one of my minor criticisms of this, uh, if you dig a little bit deeper into the story, they could have gone on a lot further with this. I think there Mm -hmm. are things that are hinted at, that are suggested, and there are other areas where they kind of pump the brakes a little bit and don't go as far into it. Uh, This could have been a much harder, even grimmer 
frankly, horrifying film. The fact that it's shot through this very sort of staid, kind of deliberately paced way, I, I, I kind of kept expecting it to ramp up a little bit as the story, uh, as the secrets of the family began to unravel and become revealed. I, I just always felt like I, I was waiting for it to just really hammer home some of these issues but it always feels like it's a little bit polite it's like hey this might have happened maybe you can research it we're not going to go into it here but you know it's just food for thought i'm like no just you how many times are you going to get to tell this story just go for it it's a watercolor painting and watercolor as a medium is very soft and very gentle right watercolors aren't acrylic they aren't oil paintings and i think it's very it's a nice parallel to the medium in which she chose to tell her story in, which is very soft and flowy and isn't abrasive and in your face. Even the best watercolors, even the ones she does that have the Nazi flags on them. I can't remember which character says it, but he says about a rather upsetting image. He goes, you must be a truly good painter to make me feel sympathy for this. And I yeah. think that's what this movie does as well, where it could be, abrasive it could be dark and horrifying but that's not watercolor i think melina yeah. could probably speak on that better than me <laughs> well watercolor is not my medium it is it is one i'm hesitant to break into because it's very challenging and i think that that could that could be a metaphor for this in and of itself alongside what you were just saying um i will say marco i completely understand what aspect you're talking about and I know that we cannot discuss it here. Anybody who goes to Wikipedia, you will find out exactly what it is we can't say. Yeah. I totally get where you're coming from, but mm, I yes. was glad that, I'll take that back. I was okay with the fact that that aspect was not included. Because I think if they had gone even deeper than they do, which is to say pretty deep in and of itself, there may, I think they ran the, risk of it becoming too much about that aspect of her life mm -hmm. and it overshadowing this being more just about the trials and chapters of her life instead of just this one so the fact that that wasn't there i'm like it could have been it may have made some things that transpire more clear in mm -hmm. why they happen but i didn't feel like it was hurt by that personally i think it worked without it it's one of those real life things that's just too horrible that it's it's almost cartoonish and it would have been very distracting, I think. Plus, there's a mountain of movies that do go into those very dark places. Yeah. I'll throw on the Schindler's List theme song right now if we all want to ruin our day. <laughs> yeah, it'll ruin our day when we get sued by John yeah. Williams. Please no. That'll ruin our day. Well, it'll ruin Chris's day. <laughs> I find it fascinating that there are still... No, actually, let me strike that. I don't I don't find it. I think it's important that we continue to tell stories that take place in this era because one of the things that broke me in this movie, by the time it ends, I was sobbing through the credits. I was I had a, I fell apart. And part of that falling apart is that this is one of millions of stories. And I think it's important that we keep telling these stories, as Melina referenced as well. We should keep telling these stories and keep finding new souls to return to us through these stories and it's a beautiful way to do it in this film i'm very 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 happy i signed up for this and watched it likewise i, I came away from it when the credits start rolling just with the sense of i'm really glad that i saw this 
Like yeah. this, this is a wonderful time, even though it depicts terrible things and does not completely have a happy ending. I mean, no. it, the little prologue that they show you of certain people and places and things that happened afterward is a sort of nice ending if you want to look at it that way. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I saw this. Especially at a time when there are still actual fucking Nazis out there. Yeah. You know, as a kid in the 80s, watching Indiana Jones beat the shit out of Nazis, I thought we were all on the same page. I thought the world as a whole just said, yeah, fuck those guys. I hate but guys. But apparently, <laughs> you still need to remind some people that, hey, Nazis are bad, okay? Yeah, um, almost 100 years later, we shouldn't still having to argue that point. Well, you know, we are human beings and we tend to learn very slowly if we learn anything at all. Yeah, but true. if I've learned anything, it's that it's best not to go too far into this review because then we might trip into spoilers. We don't want to do that. Uh, why don't we start moving into our final thoughts? Rose, would you do the honors, please? Yes. Um, yeah, like I said, this this was a mournful but nevertheless very fulfilling experience for me to have watched this i'm glad that i did i i loved the style of it that it didn't try to yeah completely replicate her art style but rather be evocative of it in service of the story um i i would hope that this becomes uh viewing in like high school or maybe middle schools sometime you know because I, I think kids can handle it even when they get to the more intimate scenes you know that involve sex it's never graphic or anything like that I, I think it's portrayed in a very respectful way that older children could you know handle I really really liked it I like everything about it and I would highly recommend it whenever you get the chance to see it and I am going to give it nine out of ten bowls of strawberries nine out of ten <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh TC? There's an exchange of dialogue in this that resonated with me. Someone asks her, do you ever paint the happy moments or just the sad ones? To which Charlotte says, the sad ones always feel more true. Nearly a thousand paintings tell this story, not just that this is animated, but we see the hundreds of paintings that Charlotte created over time. And she called this work a play with music or a film and picture. It's every memory from her life, including the ones she didn't remember until she painted them, and some that never happened, but as she says, that doesn't make them any less true. She said painting them was like pulling a... She said painting them was like pulling something from herself again and again, like a splinter that's painful and satisfying, and that's absolutely true of a film like this and many films about the Holocaust. It seems to me that artists feel more deeply and more powerfully than most people they have this glorious outlet for their souls that they're able to share so much of their inner self, their true self with us. And we get to glimpse that strength and love and life of a person through their art. And that's a beautiful thing. When they're gone, they've left behind their essence. They've left behind the gifts of their soul for us to embrace and cherish forever. And they inspire us. As a Holocaust film, it would be easy to say this is sad. It's a horrible truth that the sad moments really do just feel more true. But this movie somehow is joyful and full of life and all these happy moments. And it lifted my heart as much as it broke it with the inevitability of its tragedy. This is an incredible film and it's about an incredible woman. And I'm so happy that I now know her story. 
And I'm going to give this nine out of 10 beautiful sunsets. <laughs> Melina. Wow. Um, I just, wow. I feel like I should just copy and paste everything that you guys have said. Um, TC, you touched on something though. When you talked about some of the lines that are in this film, lest anyone be under the impression that the only saving grace or the only strong point of this film is the visual aspect, I think this has a really, really beautiful script. And one of the most haunting scores I've heard since Atonement, um, the Dario Marianelli score, one of my absolute just favorites. It is such a character in and of itself, which was very much what the filmmakers intended. And it works all the way through. I want to buy this score and just listen to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's yes. just absolutely stunning. And I love, I just, I love life and time stories when they are honest and loving like this. This is such a love letter to this woman. And even if I didn't like anything else about it, other than how much I appreciate that they took the time to tell a story like this, uh, I would still not be able to hate it just for that element alone. But I, I ultimately really love this film. I cannot believe I'm seeing as much uh, negative uh, press about it. I'm truly kind of baffled by that fact because this is actually one of my most favorite films of the year. I, appreciated it and loved it that deeply. I also was a complete sobbing mess throughout most of this. Um, and I actually can't recommend it any, I can't recommend it any higher, especially to people who love art and animation. This is something that you owe to yourself to see. So uh, TC, you stole my rating. I am going to give this, I am going to give this nine out of 10. Oh my God. Times I'm like, I love Mark Strong. Him and Jim Broadband. I'm just like, God, they're so damn good. Kira Knightley is amazing. <laughs> well, I'm going to be that guy. Mm. Uh, as much as I enjoyed this, I genuinely did. I think it is the perfect way of telling this particular story. I think it's a beautiful story and an important story that should be told. But my nitpicks with this, as I said earlier, I, I did want it to go stronger. There's, It's been decades. Everybody involved in this story, all of the real life people are gone, whether through natural causes or otherwise. There's no reason not to uh, just expose this. Uh, there's no reason to brush it under the rug or worry about other people's feelings. I think they could have gone harder on this and just delve further into the psychology of what this young woman was dealing with and how she escapes that horror through her art. One thing that people who knew the real Charlotte Salomon have said about her, and the movie indicates it, is that she knew that her time was limited. She had to finish this project. She knew she was up against the wall, that she needed to get this done, that this was her great work of art. She needed to complete it, and ensure that it would survive. And she does. That is her triumph. But it's one thing to tell me a character is experiencing a sense of urgency. It's another to make me feel it. And I wanted to feel the urgency. At times, the film is so stately, so quiet, so subdued that I'm like, I wanted to see this artist heroically, you know, battling time itself. 
in order to preserve her legacy. Those tears that you guys experienced at the end, I also felt that, but I felt it when we cut to the archival interviews of the real people. That's when it really hit home to me. And I'm sure the film led me to that and put me in that vulnerable state where I was ready to respond to that. But I wanted the film to do that to me, not the archival footage itself. But I'm still glad it's there because it is important to remember these were real people. And as beautiful as her paintings were, as beautiful as this film is animated, seeing these old grainy black and white photos and interviews, it it just hits you hard. You're looking at ghosts of people who walked this earth. Yeah. And some of them did not deserve to go out the way they did. It's, It's heartbreaking. And that's when it hit me. But yeah, I think I agree with you guys. This is uh, definitely worth watching. And absolutely anytime uh, someone says that animation is just for children, show them stuff like this and say, sit down and watch this and tell me this is for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because shut up, Because this Bill is Mark. some adult shit. <laughs> and I wanted it to be even more adult to make that point further. But I think maybe it was Rose who said this, you know, like this is something you could show in classes. And maybe maybe that was the reason why. Maybe it's like, we're this is like an adult animated film with training wheels. It's like you yeah. can show this to like young teens, mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. even a little younger and say, look, here is a story. It's animated, but give it a shot. It's not going to be Disney. It's not going to be goofy stuff. Uh, This is a real story just told through the medium of animation. And if you want to explore the full story further, maybe you'll be inspired to do that by watching this film. Those nitpicks aside, I still appreciated it and think it's worth watching. I'm going to give this 7.5 out of 10 copies of this movie that you should mail to Amy Schumer and see if her kids will sit through it. Because I think those kids probably have seen Frozen enough times. It's time to give them something else to watch. Haven't and we maybe Miss Schumer will change her opinion next time she's invited to host the Oscars. God, I don't want to live in that world. Me either. Well, I don't want to live in a world with Nazis either, but you Here know, we are. fuck. God damn it, why are we still talking about Nazis in the year 2022? Oh God, let it go down in history as the review where one of us had compared Amy Schumer to Nazis. No, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure that was what we did on our last review of an Amy Schumer film. <laughs> 